podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? You're now locked into the Dishonomics podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic week so far, and I hope you're going to enjoy your Jubilee Bank holiday time off. Let's hope we get some decent weather. I haven't checked the weather, so I don't know if it's going to be trash or not. Make sure you check out episode 255, More Money, More Problems. What the fuck is happening with my wages? I dropped a video, a quick reel on that on Instagram, if that's your thing. But I effectively spoke about What's happening with our wages? How much are we earning on average now? How much is it if we're a part-time worker? How much is it if you're full-time? The difference between men and women, full-time and part-time. The differences between ages from 18 up until retirement age. What job titles have seen the biggest increase? What job titles have seen the biggest drops? And on average, what are the highest paid and lowest paid job titles? And then of course, I spoke about inflation and how that's impacted wages. So I spoke about what a real wage is. And for those who didn't listen, a quick one for you. Take your salary, divide it by 109, which is the current rate of inflation, the CPI. So 109, and then times that number by 100%. That is your real wage. And what real wage means is effectively what your purchasing power. What is your wages when you take into account inflation? So yeah, make sure you cut out that episode. Very, very good episode. Now this week, we are keeping it on the macroeconomics with a hint of politics. And we're talking about empty homes. There are so many empty homes in London, so many empty homes in the UK. And this is something that I've known about. I've spoken about on my podcast quite a few times and on my social media quite a few times because It's a bit of an issue that some homes in the UK are basically bank accounts, right? So I'm going to discuss why there are so many empty homes because most people think if the house is empty, yeah, you own it, but you're not even renting it out. That doesn't even make no damn sense. I'm going to tell you why for the people who own these homes, it makes plenty of sense. So yeah, let's let's get straight into it. Why are there so many empty homes in the UK? Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. What's going on, people? We're talking housing market again and we're talking this time specifically empty homes, right? So why some people will be very, very irritated by some of the information about to divulge to you is due to just basic level of humanity, morality and decency and just caring for other people, right? If we look at London councils, they are responsible for 60% of the nation's homelessness and over two thirds of the billion pound annual cost of temporary accommodation for those worst hit by the housing crisis. So London alone, we dominate the people who are struggling with regards to homelessness. In fact, I knew the number of homelessness off my head and I've forgotten it, so I'm gonna Google it. They are over, so um, crisis, uh, the charity estimated over 227,000 homeless people in the UK. And bearing in mind, the majority of these people are situated in the capital, which is London. This makes like the discussion of the empty homes kind of nasty. Do you get it? Because 
here we are with thousands, no, hundreds of thousands, over 216,000 homes in the UK at the very least are considered empty. Yeah? So that's enough to pattern up these people. But this is not a utopian world and I'm not advocating for forcing people's homes that are, although they're not vacant, although they're not currently in it or renting it to be used for that thing. But that's going off topic. So let's talk about the empty home crisis in London or the UK. Some may not see it as a crisis. I do because of the housing market is an absolute shite show. Currently, there are over 200,000 empty homes in the UK. But if we look at London, London specifically, there's 87,731 empty homes in perfect condition, by largely. Most of these homes are in perfect condition, right? This is about £130 billion worth of empty homes. £130 billion. Do you know how insane it is? Chelsea Football Club, yeah? Top three to f top three in my opinion biggest clubs in the land yeah minimum top four yeah one of the 10 richest clubs in the world massive business they just got bought for 4.1 billion right insane 130 billion pounds worth of homes are empty in the uk and if you average that out, that's about 1.49 million pounds. So these are really expensive homes, by and largely. This is insane. 87,000 people. That's like, you could give every single person, yeah, right, who went to watch a Premier League game at Manchester United, one of these homes, and there'll still be some left over. That's how many empty homes there are in London. One of the things that we're seeing with this that's kind of further perpetuated these new empty home, the empty home crisis in London is that new high-rise buildings are being built all the time. As I'm looking outside my window in London, I'm seeing cranes everywhere. I'm seeing new builds opposite me. I've lived in a few. If I let me give an example, I lived in a place right, uh, right by Westfields and Stratford-C. Let me say Stratford, I don't know why I'm giving it extra pizzazz, even though it's called City, right? And when I left in March 2020, in front of this building on Westwood Avenue, there was like, a, um, a, there was an area that was boarded off. Yeah? And it's, um, and it was just empty ground. So I thought, because it had the Westfield um, logo and writing on it, I thought, oh, they extended Westfield because I live right opposite Westfield, effectively. So, okay, shit, they said the Westfields, oh, this is going to take ages. I wonder what they're going to put in here. Like, because this Stratford Westfield ain't really popping. Now, because I'm always running through Stratford and that. So, what, two years later, I can literally see they have built up, like, three blocks of apartments in two years. No time. No time. I remember when I lived in Leighton, opposite where I lived, they built up a new block of flats within a year. Like the, 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 the majority of the fitting was done within a year. They are building these new blocks of flats absolutely everywhere. In Liverpool Street, I saw a bunch of new. Everywhere you turn, there are loads of luxury flats being built. And when you deep the science, yeah? I hate that term, deep. Yeah, in the, in the area where you may build um, a, a block of flats, think about how many actual houses you could build in that area. Not that many compared to the amount of individual flats that you could book because obviously you're going upwards in the sky. 
So it is big business. And why is it big business? Because people will keep on buying. And so in the real, in the real estate injury, real estate injury, in the real estate industry, you just keep flipping building and people keep flipping buying because the prices keep going up and everybody eats. Everybody involved eats. The real estate industry eats. Um, the people who are selling these houses eat. Um, many um, estate agents are eating and the people purchasing the houses are eating because they're chopping off the increase in property prices. Why would you buy an expensive brand new complex or expensive flats or expensive house and not live in it? Very, very, very easy question to answer. Simply put, the increase in property prices in London are a such a valuable, valuable tool in your investment. Property prices increasing on the year, 8%, 7%, 10%. Da Think about it. Interest rates in this country have been less than 2% since 2008, fam. You can make more by having a property in, especially in inner London area, in the inner, in the high, in the high, in the high value recipes, Kevin Samuels, areas of London, your property on average is going to be increasing more than um, the, the rate of return you get in that property is going to be higher than a lot of investment funds. And it's definitely going to be higher than having a bank, stuffing your money in a bank account or putting it in bonds. It's all about what is best for your money, making your money work for you. That is why these homes are empty. They don't have to do anything about it. And even think about it, yeah? Even the rent for some of these homes. So I was looking at one example where there's a place called um, um, One Hyde Park, yeah? So it's in Hyde Park. Very, very illustrious area. This building complex... Um, what was the... I think one, one penthouse was sold for $240 million, almost a quarter billion on a penthouse, right? Now, when you take into account like the property, <laughs> do you know what a quarter billion of one property? Bonkers. Now even this is, and this is, these figures are probably even, might even be outdated because you know things just be increasing, increasing. And I heard from my friends who are looking for um, new builds, new properties and that, that the housing market has gone up again in terms of the rental market. Like to get a two bed flat in this complex, right? A two bed flat, you're looking at 5,500 pounds rent. Per week, not per month, per week, right? That's insane. That's £286,000 rental fees annually. So you could, these people could even get that type of level of rental fee. So you understand why people spend money in these places. And then you also think, wait, if you can get this particular type of rental fee, the fact they're leaving it empty is insane. And that's what I think. But then again, how many people can afford to, to rent that? And if you've got enough money to pay that, you probably wouldn't use it for rent and probably in a certain that particular area anyway. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, that's just one example. And this is something I've been knowing, I've been known and told for ages. Like I remember like hearing of, of um, 
people from like people who are very wealthy come from Nigeria they'll just be buying properties in Notting Hill area leaving them empty two million pound property seven million pound property then now I've watched documentaries I've read about Russians doing the same and the people from the Far East and the Middle East doing the same it's bonkers second home syndrome it's crazy Now, if we look at the prime areas of real estate in London, yeah? And if we look at from 2008 to 2018, in the prime areas, the house prices have doubled in 10 years. Doubled. Doubled. That is what you call a flipping investment. Do you get it? And London as a whole, the price went up by 68%. So London in general itself is a very big investment. Hence why it's so expensive to live here because the demand is ludicrous. First of all, even on the rental side, the wages, the best wages are in London, period. So that's why it's most expensive to live in London, Slough and the surrounding areas. So the demand is high. So you've got the demands to live, to live here because that's where all the money is working-wise and also for the investment purposes. It's just one big pool of BS for the people who are looking to get value. China and the Arab world have really, really been enjoying life. And we're talking about the elites here. The Chinese elites and the Arab elites, especially since 2008, have been really eating off the London property market. And this is so crazy because I'm not sure, I'm not sure if people can, I know this anecdotal, this is anecdotal evidence, but in all the new builds that I've lived in, especially the one I lived in, I refer to by Westfield, the majority of people I saw were from the Far East, easily. If I saw seven, if I saw 10 people in a day, seven of them were from the, minimum seven are from the Far East. The majority. And that's what I see when I go to, to new complexes. And then when even when I was speaking to my estate agent at the time, the person who owned the flat itself was a, a woman from China, big up her, getting a coin. She's literally visited the property like twice in her life. She does not come to the UK. Collects her bread and keeps her stepping. And it's interesting because, actually, we'll get into the off-plan stuff in a bit. If we look at commercial real estate investment from Hong Kong and China, it went from just over 600 million in 2015 to over 3 billion in 2018. 3 billion from 600, it went up five times in three years. Middle Eastern investors are getting more bullish about London property market. Now, if you just take 2021, 17% of total investment in the London property sector was from the Middle East. And that's up 7.5% from 2012. So they're getting more and more bullish every time. And it's according to CBRE. The UK capital has recorded f about £30 billion plus in, of tra in transactions worth since 2013. And the Middle East contributes to $7.5 billion of that. So that's about like 4.75 billion pounds. It's crazy. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. These are the type of people with their cash money coming in, 
cashing out. And why it's peak is because really, truly, this is not money being part of the UK economy. It's coming out of the UK economy. Do you get it? And the funny thing is the government actually encourages this. And I might do a podcast on Russia and how the government's been hypocritical on like, oh, stopping the Russian oligarchs because they've been, in, since Tony Blair days, in the creation of the golden visa, they've been encouraged. And so don't worry, I'll get into this on another pod for you people. If you look at apartment owners, yeah, 75% of those in the, I think in the, um, the One Hyde Park, were listed as secondary home. So majority of people who live there, the majority of, people, majority of those homes, the person who, live, who owns them doesn't even live there. Investment thing. It's a big, big investment thing. Um, also, if you look at stuff like Airbnb now, this is providing lucrative profits on top. So now you can gain f- good profits without even having to do a traditional rent. You could just do Airbnb as, it's, as when you see fit. Now, a good place to look here when it comes to this stuff is an area that I've known about for years because I'm from Northwest London, it's not too far, is Bishop's Avenue, yeah? So Bishop's Avenue is also known as Billionaire's Row in some quarters. And it's a place in North London where the property, the house prices are insane. Properties are worth 20, 30 million pounds in here, right? And what's crazy yeah, about Bishop's Avenue is that some of these properties are not even in good condition. Some of these properties are in terrible condition. They've kind of just been left to kind of just like rot. And if you go on YouTube, you can actually see videos of people like trespassing and touring these places. Like, and shall I tell you why? Because a lot of these properties, a significant proportion of these properties were bought in the 90s. And these were bought by um, people from the Middle East, royal families, yeah, who are looking to kind of duck out because you know, it's sticky back home. And some of them just never made it in the end, right? And obviously, if you've bought a property 30 odd years ago, 25 years, if you've done nothing to it, it's going to start to, do you know what I mean? But the value of these properties is still going up simply because of where it is. That's insane. That is insane to me. So, for example, in the 90s, they'll grab in these yards for like 1.2 million. Now they'll fetch more than 10 million a pop. Crazy investment. Over five times. Can't go wrong with that. Now, you're probably listening to this saying, okay, cool. This is not mix. I know how many empty houses are in London. I know how many empty houses there are in the UK. You give me an example of a complex where three quarters of the apartments owned, the, the people who own it don't even flip and live there. You spoke about <coughs> how expensive some of these places are. You spoke about the rate of return. Cool, I get that. But surely you can still chop this rate of return and, not li- and still live there. Let me tell you the irony. The reason why the super rich don't live in London is because it's too expensive. Do you remember when Boris said living in London is expensive? Do you remember when Michael Balak said Michael Balak was getting like a hundred and something grand a week? And I remember he said, right, London's expensive. People are like, my guy, you're getting a hundred. It's still expensive because people have seen other areas, bro. Yes, they've got the money, but when you've lived somewhere, when you lived, when you lived in town A and everything was costing... X and you come to London, everything's costing 
x times five, you'll be like, wait, 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 hold on. I'm not used to this. I'm effectively doing the same things as I did in a different region, but it's costing me way more. That's why a lot of rich people do not live in London. Hence why a lot of the properties are also empty. One third of British billionaires have moved to tax havens. You see how much sick they gave Lewis Hamilton for living in, uh, in Monaco. Bear man, I dipped out to Monaco and them. Why would you pay more tax when you actually don't have to? So they save money, especially if they're working, they save money on the very high income tax. And also you save 20% on capital gains tax if you, if you sell stuff. It's, it's a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. Now, another part of this issue is the fact that hell up of these properties are bought before they even finish. A lot are bought off plan, off market. And I remember one of my brethren, shout out her, she told me this years ago, like this is 2015, she was into the real estate industry. She's like, oh, do you know most of the properties that they all these builders they they've gone before they even touch the market and she referenced the chinese and she referenced the russians and she referenced the middle east like and by the way people listen to i'm not digging these people out this is elite mentality <laughs> if i had the level of bread that level of bread i'll be doing the same i'll be doing the same right they're coming off plan so that's why this government plan of, yeah, we just want to build more homes, build more homes, build more... You're building more homes. All these bare these homes are gone before they even hit the market. It makes no bloody difference. And also the, the type of homes you're building are brand new complexes with gyms and swimming pools. Expensive. Do you get it? Doesn't make sense. Bare stuff is being bought off market. Like, I was speaking to, I was speaking to people and they are telling me about how... Some, some investors will buy a whole floor. They haven't even seen it. It visualized, manifested. But just look at the plans. They'll just buy the whole flipping floor, bro. Some people are buying the whole Rascal complex. Period. Now, I was looking at data on proportions of homes sold off market, right? So, if we're looking at um, a Great Britain... A, it's gone from like, if you look at 2010, 2% of homes sold were sold off market, right? In the UK now, well, as of Q1 of 2021, that number is around 9%. So from 2% in 2010, 11 years later, 9%, massive jump. But if we look at London, Again, 2% in London, but as of Q1 2021, is now 20%. So one in five homes sold in London in the first quarter of 2021 was sold off market. A fifth of the properties, you don't even see them, bro. Crazy. Now, when I was looking at other, um, other documents and data, I think I was looking at, I think it was like the Hamptons. They were saying that in certain areas, so the richer areas, 50%, so one in two of all transactions are off market. 50, and those, these are the areas with the high yields. Brazy. So we know what the issues are. We know why these people do it. So how do you tackle it? What's been proposed? So some argue that dealing with empty properties can provide 
regenerative benefits, but it also bring potential savings for the government. It can reduce the temporary accommodation costs, saving the housing benefits spent in the private rent sector. And obviously, because, you know, in housing benefits, like that's when they give you a particular discount. Effectively, they're paying for proportion of what your rent will be. Right. Um, also, you can also reduce the social and economic costs of poor health, education and family outcomes associated with living in poor quality and insecure accommodation. Yep. So property market believes the UK government should restart the empty homes community um, grants program, which was in place until 2015, and fund the community groups to bring re redundant residential properties back to use. Yep. 57% of councils with high levels of long-term empty homes say there should be a speedier process for obtaining compulsory purchase orders and more must be done. I don't believe in compulsory purchase order because I believe you've bought, you've bought it. My personal opinion, just find a way to tax it. Find a way to charge it. You hear me? Because it's not even, especially if you, you're not even in the UK. Cool. If you've born and raised in the UK, all your money's going back into the UK. Cool. Maybe we don't give you the same level of tax. But Manchester and Shanghai or Abuja or, Saint, or Moscow, or Doha can't just be coming in, do you know what I mean? Taking up houses, eating, and not even nah, brother. Tax them. What what interesting case study was Cornwall Council, right? So Cornwall um, were given the power to double council tax, fam. So they're able to double council tax on so on second homes. It plans to be um, in um, and this these plans were announced in the Queen's speech. Um. Some areas in Cornwall have up to 40% of properties being used as second homes. So if you look at estate agent um, borrowers and foster, um, their estimates that there are, more two them are two billion pounds worth of empty homes in Cornwall. And that's around 7,000 properties. So what I'm saying is like, bro, there's too many empty houses. So the local council now have the power to double the council tax on these people. So, okay, cool, your homes will be empty. Double council tax, so of a way to gain some money to utilize where they see fit. I would like something a bit more heavy. So, Cornwall Council leader Linda Taylor said second homes that stay empty for most of the year are increasingly becoming a real threat to the viability of many communities across Cornwall, particularly given the housing crisis, which has been exacerbated exacerbated by international events, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Can't complain. At Cornwall Council, we'll be calling for the government to allow us additional powers to do something about this. And this levy does just that. It will provide us with extra revenue to go back into funding council services to prevent, to benefit the residents of Cornwall. Can't complain about that. Now, if you look at Nobody's Home, check out nobodyshome.org. Here are some of their key findings. London is building the wrong housing to, to resolve the housing crisis. I said that earlier, and I believe it's pretty obvious. Brand new, modern, expensive flats. Okay, what's going to do if people can't afford them? Homelessness is rising at the same rate as empty home numbers shoot up, and more second homes and Airbnb-ready flats are being built in the capital. We spoke about it earlier. A wide range of voices are saying it's time to stop building yet more empty homes, of course. So, they're like, bro, 
This is an issue. And the chief executive of Trust for London said this. Over 60,000 London families are living in temporary accommodation. Way too much. Often out of borough and away from relatives and long-standing community networks. This, this jars when communities can see hundreds of new homes being built on their doorstep. New homes need to be, new homes need to be just that, homes for people to live in. By bringing vacant and underused property back into use and making it more costly to leave new homes empty, we can help house all of London's and tackle this housing crisis. And I agree. I believe they should make it costly. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I'm willing to go fast, make it so costly that they don't leave it empty. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Well, we'll get into that at the end. Anyway, the main recommendations of Nobody's Home report were this: the adoption of more robust strategies by London boroughs to challenge emptiness of all types, the introduction of retro-first approach and return of empty homes to residential use. Tighter regulations on Airbnb and full data sharing with enough enforcement teams. A vacancy tax based on um, the Vancouver model. Great idea. Vacancy tax. I need to look into Vancouver model. That's how I met for me. The reformal abolition of the second homes category, which shelters over 50,000 empty London homes from tax premiums and enforcement measures. I think I'm with that too. A transparent national register of residential property ownership and usage. David called for that. A new government-funded empty homes program and the harmonization of local and national planning. I agree with a lot of these things. Man's not gonna lie to you, cuz. I understand I'm all for making money. You people know me this numbers. I'm all about getting your coin. But the housing market, the housing situation in London is an absolute S show. And that's a lot to do with interest rates and uh, macroeconomics. I'm not going to today. But the empty homes thing is a joke thing. It's absolutely true because especially because a lot of the of a lot of um the homeowners aren't even from the UK. So we're not even benefiting from the taxation. I believe you sh- I believe there should be a significant um yearly um fee that is paid. So obviously because a lot of the money they're chopping is equity, right? It's not like okay, cool. If you bought a property for 10 million, and a lot of these people buy it cash, by the way. A lot of people buy cash. If you bought property for 10 million cash, right? And you know in in three years it's gonna go up to 17 million. No, that's seven million pound profit on your balance sheet. You ain't, you ain't mad at that. But it doesn't literally mean that seven million pound is flipping the pin in your bank account. If you were to sell it, yeah, you get 17 million and that's a profit of seven million, but that money is not actually yet realized. So charging people significant cash for this, I'm here for it. But yeah, that's this week's podcast. I've got a reel on this, so go show that some love on Instagram, Dissonomics. And yeah, have a great Jubilee. You'll be hearing from me again on Monday. Peace out, eight and down. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.